Thank you. Greg, would you come up? Tanya? Janice? Again, uh, before our congregation, I want to thank you guys for coming with me. I had a good time. But while we were there, uh, after a while I was wondering, do I want to do this again? <laughs> this is a lot of work. But uh, you want something you want to share with us? God did. Um, again, it was a blessing to go. And it's an honor to serve with Pastor Gillard. We can't steal him, but we love him. Um, but, you know, just as uh, Wes was sharing, you know, it was an awesome thing that God did, you know, while we were there. And I believe that our purpose was fulfilled. Uh, uh, as I share with my pastor, it was an honor to serve God in that way. Because he says, when you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. And uh, I was just blessed also by the worship. Uh, one of the churches that we went into, um, I was sharing with the congregation that it was a blessing to be in the situation that they're in and still be able to praise God. Because, you know, of course, everybody's saying, I want to go to America, I want to go to the U.S. And, yes, the U.S. is blessed, is a rich country. But nonetheless, you know, you can be rich, of course, in wealth. Yet, in your spirit, I mean, which is what really counts. So to me, I mean, this time around, I finally got a glimpse of what it meant to leave everything behind and to follow the Lord. So for me, again, it was a wonderful experience, and I'm just grateful to be a, a part of that. Amen. It's a private joke. <laughs> um, but anyway, this, this is the second year that we went, we participated and this year, again, the Lord, he always get my heart. And he's on this trip, he just renewed my vision. The Bible says when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved. It's like when he saw them, we have to see the multitudes. And, and, and you don't have to go overseas. I just went overseas, and he spoke to my heart. The multitudes is in your workplace, in, in the grocery store. It, it's right next to you in the church house. Amen. It's like God is saying, will you fulfill purpose? And um, another thing he shared with me, says, Tanya, you know, you've been birthed in privilege, a privilege to be in America. And he says, you know, these people didn't ask to be birthed in poverty. And, um... I begin to think, Lord, am I fulfilling purpose? Am I giving everything that I have to give, you know, to the multitudes? He says, if you can't feed a thousand, just feed one. Fulfill your ministry. And this one scripture, um, I just want to share. Second Corinthians verse 15. He says, and I will very gladly spend Spend and be spent for your souls. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. And in this ministry, he has given to every one of us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. I mean, you may not even be in the forefront. You may be sitting quietly, but your life may be representing something that somebody else needs. And, and I'm telling you um, one thing that I saw. We went into a jungle. And we were coming out, and this little boy, he probably was no more than nine years old. And, and that, that just so moved me. When I saw him, I was moved. I began to think, it is worth it. It is worth to live in purity. 
I mean, I, this is the Bible says work out your salvation daily. Daily. Okay, today I missed it, but tomorrow I'm going to start all over again. Today I'm going to plead the blood, and the blood is going to cleanse me. So there's no guilt or condemnation. We keep working out our salvation that because impurity, there is power. And with that power, these people can be set free. And that little boy, I know he was no more than nine, nine years old. His face was the face of an adult. I mean, full of struggle, full of burden. I mean, I think he just only had his underwear. I'm thinking, Lord, he had this huge bowl on his head. And when I saw that, I was so moved. I'm like, Lord, let my life glorify you. Let my life be spit for the gospel. And I just want to encourage us to just really, you know, think, Lord, I was born into the kingdom for such a time as this. And, and am I fulfilling purpose? Amen. I want to say thank you to this house. Because without the vision of this house, everything we've done the last two years would not have been done. Because you are enablers. You give freedom a whole different meaning. Because you say... For the next two weeks, pastor, go. Fulfill the call that God has placed upon your heart. And we won't be so selfish as to say, no, you have to preach here this Sunday. And to pastoral staff, and especially to pastor's wife, thank you. Because it's a beautiful country, but they're beautiful people. Because God has created each one of them in his likeness and in his image. Sure, they didn't ask to be born in Nigeria, just like we did not ask to be born in the United States. But in the 24th chapter of Psalms, it says, Who is the King of glory? Who is the King of glory? We can't know unless we hear. They can't know unless they hear. And how will they hear except someone goes and preaches? Now, we're in lots of great churches there. But there are pastors that need encouragement. There are 1,500 pastors a month in the United States that leave the pulpit. I can't begin to imagine what it is over there because of the burdens and the stress. I know there was one pastor I prayed for. He wanted more wisdom. And it was, how do I get more wisdom? And we shared back and forth. He says, okay, that's what the word is saying. I said, that's nothing you haven't heard before. He goes, you're right. That's confirmation. The word says out of the mouth of two or three, let everything be confirmed. And I prayed for him. And afterwards he says, you know, I didn't even ask about the headache that I had. But it's gone. God shows up. And whether it's the lady with the sore shoulder, the bad hip, the bad knee, it, she, she can barely drag herself along and you lay hands on her and she jumps up and down. She throws her arms up in the air. She runs around the sanctuary. Now, go tell your pastor what happened. It encourages them because we're there but for a season. But as the Holy Spirit changes lives, they'll be there forever. And ju just as the man in the book of Acts says, I don't know what it is, but this one thing I know, 
I'm healed. A miracle sealed the deal. There was no doubt. There was no debate. And that's what we saw. Lives being changed. Miracles taking place. And it's all because of the faithfulness of this house and the vision that God has given to this pastor. And for that, we say thank you for the opportunity to share in that vision. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, God. Thank you. I came back more determined uh, to reach Cyprus and and uh, reach Houston and to reach uh, outside this country. I'm not going to be moved by what I see. I know the one in whom I have believed. And I know that he is with us. I know he's with me. And uh, we do his work. Amen. I thought Tanya was going to preach my message. Those of you that were in the first service, you probably heard that. <laughs> but I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, I'm calling for an all-night prayer meeting on Friday the 21st of this month. Uh, one of the things we were told, people, they do a lot of all-night prayer meetings over there. And uh, these are people that are hungry. Don't have much to eat. Have a lot of difficulty, but they spend their time seeking God. And uh, we need to do that. If you can, please join me. I told myself, I really don't care. If it's just three people, I'll be here. And uh, we'll, we'll call on the name of the Lord, all, in the name of the Lord, all night long, calling out to Him to, to uh, minister to this land. We are facing a lot of challenges in the United States today. We have a new president coming in. Uh, people are looking to the president. He can take care of the problems. God is looking to us. And the word of God says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then he will hear from heaven and he will heal the land. God is depending on his people, not the president. God is depending on his people. And as we go, so goes the land. You can't complain. All we need to do is call upon him. And I'm determined, thank God, uh, we went together, Pastor West and I, I believe we'll become a little closer than before. <laughs> uh, we can walk together, but with the youth, we are going to be calling on the name of the Lord. And I guarantee you, he will answer from heaven. And he will pour and rain down upon us in the Cypress area. And after we watered and we grown, we'll reach out to the rest of the world. I really believe that with all of my heart. We'll be having a new membership class uh, in December, uh, December 7th and December 14th in my home. And uh, also if you haven't been baptized in water and you want to be baptized, please give your name to Pastor Andy. And uh, we'll make arrangements to, to have you baptized in water. We'll also want to have our church workers meeting on the December 13th at 9 a.m. First, we want to appreciate our church workers. And then we really need to come together and determine what God is calling us to do. So if you are a worker in our church, you are truly important to us. And we want to have you here with us on that day so we can all sit together, plan together, pray together, and determine what God is asking us to do. Amen? Amen. 
We had a wonderful time uh, during this trip, and God really did a lot of stuff for us. And uh, we moved from one city to a second city, and then from the second city to the town uh, where I grew up. And then I sent the Americans back home to America <laughs> and stayed behind. <laughs> but God really moved. Uh, I'm determined, and we've decided we are going to plant a church there. We are going to plant a church there. That's been in my heart. We go around. We're doing a lot of stuff. And uh, Pastor Lonnie called me, and he's talking. He's determined. He's a pastor of a church in uh, Florida. He is very determined. He called me the other day. He said, my own counting, I counted at least 1,200 people that received Christ as Lord and Savior. He said, we really need to plant a church there. We are going to plant, and we're already talking about it. We are going to plant a church there that will be a hub from which we reach out to the rest of the country and, and beyond. We have uh, at least... Amen. We have at least one pastor that is willing to work with us. And uh, we have another pastor in worry that is willing to work with us. It doesn't cost a lot of uh, money to do that. And what I'm planning is this. Let me give you the vision. I'm not going to be going there all the time. And I believe, uh, Lonnie said, we can easily have a 3,000 members church in a short time. Because you're responding. And I don't have to be going there. I don't have to be there all the time. We have just two people from our church that will go there, or three people that will go there, stay for about two weeks, come back, another two from Lonnie's church, another two from the worship center, and we'll have our presence in that place. And also, I looked into what it will cost to be on television over there. Amen. For 30 minutes... A 30-minute slot for three months, 30 minutes a week for three months, you know how much it costs? $1,800. I think I'm going to grab one brother and get all that money from him this morning. (laughs) $1,800. I mean, I spoke to the guy in charge. This is a statewide television. Statewide. That's a lot of people, man. Nigeria is about half the population of the United States, and most of them are in the South. So that will be reaching millions. And it doesn't cover, the television will not only cover that state, it goes beyond to a those state. So it's not going to be seen in uh, where we were in the Delta. It's going to be seen in Benin, possibly, and beyond. And it's just $1,800 for, for three months. They said, the, the, I spoke to the manager. The guy in charge of it, he said, all you need is give us $3,000, and that will help us set your place, so your time slot. And then for that $300 for the next three months, you can appear 30 minutes a week on television. And then after that, all you have to pay is uh, $1,800 quarterly, and you'll be on television. And our goal is to show, have our presence there, not just our church, but, you know, maybe the worship center, um, the church in Florida, 
And then we send people there from time to time to stay with the minister and work with them and go out into the uh, town and the villages just inviting people. Uh, these are people for whom Jesus died. And they're responding, it won't cost us a whole lot uh, and we can get that done. I know Pastor Lonnie is determined and I am determined. I'll put my own money into it. I put my own money. When we started ministry, Angela and I, we were mainly using money coming from my own family. And I'm going to do it again. Let me tell you something. Life is truly short. Life is short. Believe me, it's so short. Before you know, we're gone. I was back home and he asked from this guy, he's gone, he's dead. He's no longer around. And every time I drive by, I think about him and I say, boy, I can't believe he's gone. I never see him on this side of heaven anymore. Life is so short. And the time is so short. The time is so short. We really need to wake up. We're too busy. We're really too busy. We're concerned about little things. Things that don't matter. People get so quickly offended in the church. No faithfulness, no commitment. People just living the way they want. The second day we were in worry, God gave me a vision and I shared it with some of us. A dream. I was in that dream. And, and so many people, you know, I was like in a street, uh, you know, doing something on a street, some street. And there were cars going by and people on their motorcycle. It was really busy. Everyone was busy. And I was, you know, I, I, I was bent over and I was doing something really busy. Just minding my own business. And then all of a sudden I looked up. And, and there was Jesus way up in the sky. He was blue sky. Just few clouds around, and, and all of a sudden, it's like he was way back up there, and nobody on earth noticed. Everyone was, like, busy. And I looked up for a while, and I saw people coming from different angles of the globe. Just people, they're going up to meet with him. And I, I looked for a brief moment, and I started to lift from the earth towards him. And then I opened my eyes and turned and I couldn't sleep. I was very disturbed, you know. And then a few hours later, I had the same dream. I can't remember the second one clearly, but it was exactly about the same dream. Jesus way up in the sky. But the thing that struck me is so many people didn't even notice he was there. They didn't even notice people were leaving the earth and going to be with him. They were so busy. They were so busy. We're just too busy. We can't be this busy. Jesus made it very clear. If the servant that the Lord has given that assignment to take care of the home, the house, that's his house, or know exactly when the master will come, he'll keep himself busy. By the time Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night, we won't even know when. We're too busy. People make all kinds of excuses. It's a drag to be in church. People are, you go over there, there's so, so much hunger. And they come in into the church wanting to get saved, wanting to grow, wanting wisdom from God. We got everything now. Maybe we really need to read Revelation chapter 3. 
We close that. We believe we don't need anything. Jesus is here, you're blind. You're naked. I would rather have you hot or cold. Cold, you're not in church. Just forget God. Jesus said, I would rather have you that way. Oh, you're really hot. I can't have you lukewarm. Just come into church. It's nothing. I don't want that. That's what Jesus is saying. I don't want that. Where you have to be pulled and dragged along. You know, it's a decision. I live my life for God. It's a decision that you have to make. You choose this day. But he's coming back, folks. He's coming back. He's coming back. Paul walked greatly for his entrance. He wants he wanted a powerful resurrection. He counted everything that he gained down to win the Lord. He was already saved, right? Already saved. You know, Jesus, the Bible tells us he walked all over the cities of Galilee and the villages preaching the gospel and teaching in their synagogues. And the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 9 that he was healing everyone that was sick and everyone that was diseased. And as the word went all over, the multitudes flocked to him, just like we saw. They all came from everywhere. And the Bible said Jesus looked, and when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. He said, because they were weary, that means harassed and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. We have a lot of people on the earth like that. And after Jesus saw that, he said he was moved with compassion. What was the solution? He called his disciples to himself. He said, look, the harvest truly is great. But deliver us of you. Deliver us of you. And he told his disciples, pray to the Lord of the harvest. You know who that is? The Holy Spirit. He is the Lord of the harvest. That he will send laborers into his harvest. His who has the harvest? It's God's harvest. He's looking for people. He was moved with compassion because they were weary, harassed. There are a lot of people that have been harassed today. We can't open our eyes to see. Jesus said, open your eyes and look. The field is already white for harvest. Open your eyes. Look up. Open your eyes. Look. 
It's not a question and they are not willing. No, Jesus, let God be true and every man a liar. Jesus said they're ready for harvest. It's not the harvest that's the problem. The problem is laborers. Laborers. You have been brought into the kingdom to be a laborer. People are not concerned about that anymore. All they are concerned about is what makes them feel good. Coming to church is to equip you to be a laborer in the vineyard. He had compassion on them. He was moved with compassion. When last have you been moved? Do you, we even forget that there is a hell. We even forget that these individuals that work with you, that you see daily and you laugh with and they eat, and it seems like everything is going well with them, some of these individuals will not make it to heaven and they will stay in hell forever. And there's not a single day that will come that God will get them out of that place. Think about it. That's ultimate wickedness. For you to allow somebody to go to a place like that, and you know better, and said nothing about it. He was moved with compassion when he saw the multitude. Because they were like without a shepherd. So everyone needs a shepherd. Every human being on earth needs a shepherd. If they don't have a shepherd, they will be harassed by the devil and their lives will be scattered. And you are that solution. And God is looking to you. It's amazing what's happening in the church. It's funny that I'm now a pastor. I wish. It's so good to be a member. So you reach out to people. I like members that do much more than pastors. They're reaching out to people. I loved it when I was just a member. I had souls. You saw them. Some of them came to us. You saw them. Saved. Now ministers. I wasn't a pastor when I met those guys. I wasn't a pastor. Some of them are pastors of churches. It seemed like again, just talking to them, but just gossiping the gospel. Just talking to them about Jesus. Having a little Bible study in my home, I won't object to that. Have a Bible study in your home. Invite them to your home. Will you wait for the church to do that for? When they need something more than your home, bring them to church. We've forgotten the one who's called us. He's praying. He says, you pray to the Lord of the harvest. You know what Jesus did after that? Immediately he called his disciples, 12 of them. Read at the end of Matthew chapter 9. That was when he said he was moved. Before he had been doing the ministry by himself. But after he saw the multitude and he told them, truly the harvest, truly the harvest is great, he said. But the laborers are few. How can we sit back? And we're telling God, bless me, bless my family, bless me, me, me. How can we sit back? 
we need to wake up. Awake. Awake. Oh Zion. Put on your beautiful coming. They have been harassed. Even in the day of Jesus Christ. They were. Thank God he was there. And think about the, the woman. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 7. The Bible describing, described her as a woman of sin. How would you like to be described as a woman of sin? And Jesus was in Simon's home, a Pharisee. And the man gave him no water to wash his feet. And Jesus was eating. And this woman of sin, harassed by sin in her life, huh? she found how Jesus was there. No fear. She went in there and she bawled. She wept. And washed his feet with her tears. She was looking for rest. She had been harassed all her life. And now she was before the Savior. She wept. I don't think she even knew why she was weeping. Something good happening. She wept. She couldn't stop. She wiped her feet. At his feet. With her hair. And she kissed his feet. And others criticized. Jesus said, woman... You love much because you've been forgiven much. You can go now and rest. No longer can be harassed. And God is depending on you. Amen. I know what it is. They're looking for freedom. And we have the tool by the grace of God to freedom. We were in this church. The church uh, pastor was preaching. And after they left, I went back and I prayed, prayed for them. Thank God, not a lot of them came out to receive the Holy Spirit. It was already done before I got there. And uh, he said he was hurting all over his back. And I just talked to him, you know, and I was putting my hand, just moving my hand around his back. And he said he felt like cold water was being poured all over his back. He was healed. But that was not what he was really looking for. That was a sign to him, he said, that God is with this man. He sought me out in the hotel. Came to the hotel. Rang. You guys were gone. I had them come in one after the other because of what you guys have done. They kept coming. And my sister told them, she said, if I told those ladies you were still around, you will have no rest. Because she told them I was leaving 8 o'clock in the morning. I was 11. She said, I'm glad I didn't tell them that. I thought you were leaving at 8. Because they just kept coming. With all kinds. He said to me, I mean, the guy told me, he said, I, I want to stop committing adultery. My family is going to pieces. I can't stop it. And when I felt that I knew you knew God, please tell me. I don't want to be harassed anymore. I want to be free. I sat down with him for about a couple of hours, just taking him two scriptures. And then we went into my room, and I kept sharing with him. And I told him, this is what you do. This is what you need to do. They have been harassed. And God is looking to you. You have the power. 
you have the power. You know, today I know that Jesus is with me. You know, a lot of things, Pastor, but you're learning as you grow. While I'm here, I taught a class here on how to heal the sick, just uh, uh, prayer partners on a Saturday. And I had a lot of ideas in my head. I needed to put them to practice. And to Nigeria was a good place. I decided I don't have to pray prayer. Sometimes when I pray for the sick, all I need to do is, hey, mama, <laughs> just lay my hands on the person and say no word. If I feel led, take my hand off and say, now try yourself. And God did that. Only when I felt led to do that, just put my hand on them, the back problem, whatever it is, I said, how do you feel? Now it's gone. And I can tell from their countenance, God has healed them. Think about the woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years. It's harassment, right? For 12 years. And she spent everything that she had. From one doctor to another doctor. When he saw the multitude. What does that say? In the multitude there are a lot of people that are suffering. They look good on the outside. There's a lot of hurting. Scattered lives. Maybe we have some here this morning. But thank God Jesus is here with us. That woman for 12 years, count them yourself. That's a long time to be sick. That's a long time. I know we read through the scriptures and we just move on. But you forget you're reading about a life. They sleep one night and wake up the next day with the same problem. Think about it. And they recommend to you, that's the best doctor that can help you. Go, and you give all your money, and you come out the same or even worse. How would you feel? She spent everything she had. No help. That was serious harassment. But then she heard about Jesus. <laughs> He was in a church. Amen. He was out in the open. Ministering to sinners. That's where she found him. And she got a healing that day. Amen. Twelve years. God wants to use you. I finally realized... You carry Jesus everywhere you go if you're a Christian. I don't have to be in church for God to heal. I know that. But He heals all the time. And it's an amazing thing. It's nothing to take glory. Jesus is with us. You carry Him. I don't care how you feel about yourself. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, He is there in your life. And he is as mighty as he was when he rose from the dead. He is there in your life. And he healed them. And they come to you if you realize it. They'll keep coming to you. And that's exactly what's going to be happening here at the, the Ark Fellowship. If you're sick this morning, you can get your healing this morning. Is that easy? But we need to take it outside the sanctuary. To where they are. God can use you. God can use you. He is looking for laborers. 
He sent the twelve out. And then he told them. After, after he called them, he, he divided them into two groups. You know, you guys can go two by two. And then he said to, to them, For the harvest is great. The laborers are few. After they came back, you know what Jesus did? Read Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Again, he divided them two by two. And then he said exactly the same thing to them. Seventy of them. Truly, the harvest is great. Laborers, a few. God is looking to us to go out and minister to those who are without. You know, I'm going to end with this. Jesus was in in Jerusalem, John chapter 2. And... uh, It was the feast of Passover that went by. After the feast of Passover, John chapter 3, he had a uh, discussion with Nicodemus. How many of you remember that? For God so loved the world that he gave. uh, He was talking to Nicodemus. And after that, the Bible said he started making disciples. And the Pharisees were told that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John the Baptist. And Jesus knew there was trouble coming, so he left that place and he went back to Galilee. But the Bible says he needed to go through Samaria. Why? Because there was a woman there that was being harassed. She had lost her dignity. She would only come out to the well when no one else was there. And Jesus wanted to restore her dignity. And Jesus met her at that well. And you know the story, what happened. She went back. Notice no miracle was performed. Jesus just spent the time with her. And gave her that living water. And she went back into the city. One thing stood out. She left a water pot. Remember? She left the water pot there and went back into the city. She didn't need that water anymore. Her life was completed. A few minutes of discussion with the master. And he is in you. When the disciples came back, they said to Jesus, Master, eat. He said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know anything about. I like to say that. Don't you want to say that? That to win souls for God is your food. Then we don't have to diet anymore, amen? Amen. To win souls for Christ. Jesus said very clearly, My food is to do the will of the Father. And to finish it. What is the will of the Father? Win souls. Win souls. Win souls. Gossip the gospel. Everything we're sharing with you. That's what I did. Most of the kids I shared with them what I've seen. 
You know, I share with you what we're saying so that you can tell people. Paul told me this, you know, Pastor Paul. There was a young man that was born uh, with a condition, waist, he had some kind of waist pain. He said he's been there all his life since he was a kid. And had attempted suicide a few times just to get rid of the pain. He's grown now. He, I guess he's in college, I'm not sure. But he, the pain had gotten to the place he didn't want to live. And Pastor Paul prayed for him and told him, don't worry about it. This, these guys are coming from America, and uh, Pastor Goodluck is going to come, and he's going to pray for you, and you will be okay. He was in the meeting, I guess, after you guys left. He was in the meeting when I went to Paul's church, and I spoke to them briefly, and Paul said, he had told me there's a young man that you need to pray for. And I prayed with him, and I told him before I prayed for him, I said, I'm going to lay hands on you, and I'm going to pray for you. And as soon as I get through praying, I want you to bend down immediately. Don't hesitate. Don't be afraid. And you will not have the pain there. And that's exactly what happened. He bent. The pain was gone. And he was on his face. While others were singing and praising God, he was on his face on the floor, you know, on the hard floor. He was on his face just thanking God for his healing. He's the same Jesus who lives in you. I'd like you to know that you have that same power. And I'm going to be having a class. Thank God uh, John Hunter is coming back to teach us on how to heal the sick. So that we can step out. God is still at work. I know that. I've seen it in this trip. I've seen it before. God is still at work. He's still at work. This time was a little, a little amazing what God can do just to bring people into His kingdom. We need to gossip the gospel. Mm-hmm. Tell people about what you see. That's why we're telling you these stories. So you share with people. And as you share with them, they will respond and come to the Lord. Jesus said, do not say there remains for months. And then comes the harvest. He said, open your eyes and look. The field is already white for harvest. And the laborers are going in for the harvest. He said, I'm sending you into a harvest that you had nothing to do with the sowing. Some other person sowed and you can harvest. It doesn't matter if just telling them a little, just a little story about what God has done. You're sowing. Somebody else is going to reap. Amen. Would you stand up with me this morning? Instead of focusing on your own life, why don't you change that a little bit and focus on those that are without? Instead of focusing on what's happening here, why don't you focus on what you're supposed to do out there and bring people into the kingdom? Why don't you think about starting a little Bible study? Pastor is not going to oppose it. Amen. Whatever you feel led to do. I mean, he's going to make a commitment to God today that you will 
share with people about Christ. You know, sometimes, especially these days, they are talking politics. I'll talk with them, but then I find my angle to change the topic and tell them about Jesus a little bit. Amen? Let's do that. And invite people to church. I said it the other time. I was invited to church several times. I can't recall what was said to me or preached to me. I just was invited to church. Invite people. Pray with them to receive the Lord. Father, you saw those hands this morning. Fill us with that desire. Help us to always have this vision before us. People going to hell. People who don't know the Lord. People who have been harassed by the enemy. Satan. Destroying lives. But you have given us the keys of the kingdom. And Lord, we want to effectively use the keys that you've given to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the souls that will receive you. Now, I want everyone to have a vision in your heart of souls that you are leading to Christ. Yes. See those souls. They want to hear the gospel. Stop saying they don't want to hear. Start believing that they want to hear. They're looking for you. They're coming to you. They want to know. They want to know. They want to know about Jesus. Father, give life to this vision right now. By the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. God bless you. With this meeting.